0: Welcome in everybody. We are sorry for marking and we are back for episode 84 here around our WWE water cooler. My name's Wes. I'm here for man Chase. Chase, what's up my man? We have a trilogy to wrap up this week. We have some awards to give out. You ready to do this thing?
1: What is up Wes? What is up fellow marks? Thank you once again for joining us around the water cooler. The best wrestling podcast on the planet. Your source all the best mark out moments, mark out performers. We go back to the attitude era. We go back to the ruthless aggression era, and we are doing all that once again today. I am pumped to be here. Wes is right. We do got a loaded episode. We're and also
0: I- writing Vince. I forgot we have a dear Vince segment, so we're writing the man himself.
1: We do, and that's something we're gonna do at the beginning. And we got a lot to tell Vince this week. We need to catch up, this is Mr. Kind of, McMahon. It's
0: a heavy letter.
1: We got a heavy letter to write this week. So we're going to do that. But Wes was right. We got a great trilogy coming. That's what we're known for here. That's what we love to do. This week we're staying in the modern era.
0: We hope you guys have joined us the last couple of weeks for this trilogy. We've been talking about the best B-plus players, a.k.a. the best wrestlers to never win a world title from each era. So we've been back to Chase's Attitude Era. Owen Hart, Gold Dust. <sighs> Names that came up that week. Best. Last week, we were back to my era, Ruthless Aggression Era, Rikishi, William Regal. So we've (laughs) we've been talking about some different names here on this trilogy, which has been fun. This week, wrapping it up in the modern era, as we said, times have changed in wrestling. The variety of world champion has really seemed to change, especially mm-hmm. over the last handful of years. So it's going to be a fun discussion to see how it's progressed from the Hulk Hogan days where he was always the champion through your era, my era, to see where we are now where Kofi Kingston's holding the WWE Championship.
1: We know that we got a trilogy correct and that we picked a good topic. When you're able to do that in the trilogy, and that those are the best ones, and we appreciate you guys listening to all of them. Like Wes said, if you haven't listened to, to this trilogy, I highly recommend it because it's some of the best. If you're looking for what sums up, sorry for marking, this trilogy, I think, is it. Because what we're doing is we're going back to each area, but we're not just trying to cover the big stars. We're not just trying to cover Rockstone Code. Now, those guys are going to come up for sure. But we like to cover guys like Owen Hart, Goldust, Rikishi, William Regal, the guys that maybe didn't get a chance. And I think this trilogy sums that up perfectly and I can't wait to wrap it up today so hit stop now go back listen to the attitude era listen to me po- wax poetic to Wes about how Owen Hart should have got a WWE title and Goldust should have had a run on top and then go to the ruthless aggression era listen to Wes complain and moan about how the ruthless aggression era had a lot of these guys that just never got their shots William Regal evil heel Rakishi and the stink face you really think the stink face Wes should have gotten. I love
0: how you framed that, Mister Attitude I, Era. I don't know my what you're goodness. talking about. That
1: seemed like a fair way to present my the goodness. trilogy. You, you'd be the judge, folks. Tell us. I know we got our ruthless Aggression era fans. I know people hate me when I throw shade on it, but I love my Attitude Era. You go back, listen to those, let us know. But then come right back here for the modern era wrap up, third episode of the trilogy, and we'll be here waiting for you.
0: You ready for this gimmick segment?
1: I am ready. <laughs> maybe too ready. I'm I'm a little grumpy. We'll see how it goes.
0: Okay guys, we're riding Vince and we're we're just here to help, really. Like I don't we don't like being super negative on this podcast. Nah. We don't we hope you guys don't take this as negative. We're this not is negative us people trying to help.
1: Right. We would never force negativity. We're not one of those podcasts that is in it for the hot takes. Like if we like it, we're saying we like it and we like most of wrestling. So when we're negative, it's a natural feeling that we both have and we got some stuff to say to Vince today.
0: And the backdrop is there, too, of if anybody – this is not an avenue we go down often. We stay a little more kayfabe on the show, generally speaking, just because that's the more fun topic (laughs) most of the time. Right. But the ratings are way down. It's becoming a concern backstage. That's kind of what frames this conversation. So a lot of the topics, if you all listen to other wrestling podcasts after this one, of course – (laughs) <laughs> You've heard the conversation, what can they tweak, what can they change. So we're just trying to help out. We're going directly to Vince. We know spewing it out there into the podcast universe itself isn't going to change anything. No. But if we can write the man himself, which we can, we're going to send a few things his way and hopefully we can help improve just raw and smackdown overall. That's what we're saying. We have a few ideas, raw smackdown can be And sometimes
1: he you. listens to us, but really sometimes he doesn't. But when he does, wrestling's always better. And this is one he's going to want to open.
0: He listened to our last one. He we'll did say that.
1: Dear Vince, I grew up in an era when the end of a television show was the most exciting thing every week. On Monday night, around around 11 p.m, 11:05, give or take, the most exciting thing in television was happening. I don't I don't care, it was on it was on the USA network, I don't care who it was or what it was, guaranteed there was a huge climatic ending to Raw every week. Even when on weeks when it wasn't a huge climatic ending, it was still a surprising or shocking the ending left you feeling emotionally fulfilled in the TV show you just watched. That's big for TV shows. Little TV show on HBO has gotten that right quite a bit lately. Lately it seems this modern era does not care so much about getting the ending to the weekly shows right. This week being the perfect example, but it's been a problem for the bulk of the modern era. Raw and SmackDown do not have exciting or cliffhanger or emotional endings anymore. You're getting a lot of generic interference, generic segment, generic contract signings, generic promos to end these weekly shows. And we watch for two hours to get to whoever's in our main event segment. And that's a problem. This is going to be a letter about things that need to be fixed on our weekly television shows in order for things to turn around. Overall, wrestling is still generally good, and that speaks to the amount of talent they have. But this is the first step they can take. you got to have more exciting endings to your TV shows.
0: The second thing that could change, or be better, I would say... You need more of, you need to get back to there being a power structure, a hierarchy. You need more, you call them untouchables, I just straight up called them stars, whatever you want to call it, you need more guys that are that. You need a Rock, you need a Triple H, you need Steve Austin, Undertaker. Guys, they don't lose very often. They're not getting booked 50-50. Right. And then you have have a mid-card, and you have jobbers. You have that hierarchy, but you have guys that are clearly better. It means more when they're on TV. That's okay. Exactly. You have to have people like that. But that means not everybody can be that. If you look at the roster right now, and I really look at it sometimes, and it feels like there's a bunch of really talented upper-mid-card guys.
1: That is what it feels like. And it shouldn't feel like that. It shouldn't. It shouldn't, and I think... And I hate, because we're the fans, and this is where I don't like to put this on the fans, and it's not. But we complain about whoever is not on top. We wanted Kofi for so long, now he's on top, and we'll move on to the next guy who's not getting a fair shot. Then the next guy. And we expect WWE to keep providing those people to us when... Question. Yeah.
0: If, is that... Is that kind of what's going on here? Has the crowd gotten more diverse? Is the WWE trying to, I guess, quote-unquote, serve too many masters here? You can't have a couple people on top because not everybody likes those guys. So you need somebody everybody likes in the mix, which kind of waters everything down.
1: You think that sums up the modern era and maybe the problem with know, the it's modern era I'm, overall?
0: I'm just kind of talking it out here yeah. around the water cooler because it just dawned on me when you said that. But maybe that is it, because you see, you, we look at it most of the time as a good thing. Like we, we think do. it's a good thing. But maybe as a byproduct of that, you end up in this situation where you don't have any clear-cut
1: stars. That's true. That's true. Because one thing, one thing that we have mentioned numerous times on this podcast is the attitude error. One of the kind of the downfall traits of it was that these pay-per-views. If you go back and watch them, guys. If you'll notice on this show, when we're in my Attitude Era, rarely do I tell you guys to watch that pay-per-view from start to finish because you're going to get a lot of garbage in there. It's entertaining garbage for sure, but it's garbage nonetheless. With the modern era, it feels like we create, we have created a lot of stars and we get excited for these pay-per-views now because we get what feels like three and four main events but maybe within those main events if you're swapping and people are winning and losing so much you're right you may be watering down the product and maybe we've come the victims of our own you know i guess uh perk of this era mm-hmm. i don't know but it's it's an interesting thing to think about and it's a it's a good point that you bring up but bottom line it doesn't change the fact that there needs to be that untouchable tier like if it's not the fans' fault that that's not there Right. at the end of the day.
0: So, there's probably a, you know, you can go as far as you want with little nitpicks, little things we would like to see change. And those are things you may agree <laughs> on, like may not. like
1: two hour raw, maybe. Yeah. Don't get me going.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be on the list. Yeah. But I think those are the big things. I think if you have hot main event angles and you have guys that feel like untouchables, they feel like stars, people you have to tune in. And, you know, there's another side of that, too, where I think we've talked about in the past, let these guys loose, you know, let them just hit maybe some bullet points on promos instead of reading scripts, let them be themselves turned up to 11. Mm. There's a guy we're seeing that from now, I think, and it's been really good. So we'll talk about that here at the end of this show. You know, give us a little bit more of that.
1: I agree. That's how you that's how you slowly change it. But man, those those two things are dead on. You got to create stars. And you got to start ending your TV shows on a higher note. And I I don't think... I don't want people to take it as I'm asking Vince in this letter for the world. I'm not asking for a huge... I'm not asking for twists and turns.
0: You're not asking for a beer truck every week. I'm not
1: asking for an Austin beer truck moment every week. And I know a lot of people think I am. It is leaving you, like I said, emotionally fulfilled at the peak of your wrestling night like wow that was what i was waiting for that was exciting that was crazy that was terrible that was a twist that was a turn it could be any that was a great match it could just be a this is awesome type of match which we don't get enough of that could be a third thing on the list but yeah those are two things you need your stars to be untouchable and your endings to be exciting that doesn't feel like we're asking too much, Vince. Sincerely yours, your favorite podcast, and you, we got to be his favorite podcast, right? Ooh, I bet Vince listens to a lot of those corny self motivation podcasts. You know, <laughs> Tony Robbins no. is all over his. podcast. I'm not throwing now. shade on any of y'all self self motivating podcasters, but Vince definitely listens to y'all before. Sorry for marking. Sincerely, your favorite wrestling podcast. On the planet, sorry for marking. Thanks, Vince. We love you, man. P.S. Hey, you got to get Sasha. You got to sign her. Ten years, five million a year. I don't... I feel like you can pull it off. P.S. Okay, I'm done.
0: Speaking of, got to apologize because I meant to bring it up before that gimmick segment. We teased the people. West books the territory. We Sasha Banks last week. But times change. They've already booked the Money in the Bank match, which we'll talk about. Chase just doesn't like talking about it. To be honest with you, if I wanted to keep his spirits up
1: this week, well, I gotta be real with you, Wes. So, what's happening? I don't know, Chase. I'm. She doesn't have to play anymore. Some days, folks, I just want to throw this, uh, throw this headset down with this Sasha drama. It's wearing on me. I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna soldier through. So that's for why
0: you, folks. we changed up the gimmick segment this week.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the only thing we changed up, though. We don't like to do that a lot, but card subject to change. Sasha subject to leave my life. Not by choice. You'll follow her. To the end of the world, which will be AEW. Okay,
0: but we gotta move on to this main event. Before we do wrap up this trilogy, tell the people where to find us. They can throw in if you have a PS to add on to the end of that letter.
1: Send it to us (laughs)
0: fast and we'll we'll get it on there.
1: Every wrestling fan has complaints. It is part of the culture. Some do it more than others. But you all have it. Give it to us. We want it. We want to hear your complaints. Let's do it. One week, all the negativity. Yeah, just this week. Yeah, oh, don't you send me no negative shit after this week. We're giving one week at SorryForMarketing on Instagram, at SorryForMarketing on Facebook. Go to SorryForMarketing.com. Type some shit on that blank website. Go to Facebook. Let me know what's going on. Our Instagram. Let us know how you would change the weekly television shows to make them better. You can also... Subscribe to the podcast at all those at Sorry For Marking, Instagram, Facebook, the website. We appreciate all your ratings and reviews. You keep searching Sorry For Marking. You're going to keep finding us right there at the top of Google because we are the best wrestling podcast. So thank you to everybody for joining us around the water cooler. If it's your first time, I love Sasha. Wes loves Alexa. I love the Attitude Era. West loves the Ruthless Aggression Era. Does that about sum it up? That's us. Okay.
0: But now to wrap up this trilogy, best B-plus players of the modern era. I still love that title. <laughs>
1: it's a really good title. One of our best trilogy titles we've had.
0: AKA best wrestlers to never win a title, world title. Um, this conversation obviously can be a little different because at the end with each one, you know, some of these guys still have a chance to win a WWE world title. So that'll kind of lead to a different discussion with each guy we bring up this week. Chase, I will just let you start with where do you you want to start? Because there's a few guys I have listed here. I will say, once again, kind of carrying on the theme from last week, it was harder last week in my era, the Ruthless Aggression era, to find guys that fit your criteria. And now moving on into the modern era, it's gotten even harder to find big-name guys that haven't won it. And that just speaks to kind of the trend I Mm -hmm. spoke on last week as I did my research. You're seeing guys like CM Punk, Jeff Hardy, Kofi Kingston, Daniel Bryan, all these guys who, your era, no way, Dolph, these
1: dudes, Dolph Ziggler, Dolph
0: Ziggler. These are guys who, they would have wound up on this list in prior eras.
1: Absolutely, it's it's almost a certainty.
0: But now in this era, they're not, they're not eligible. Even yeah. a guy like Finn Balor, mm-hmm. who you wanted to bring up, I, I was like, no, 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 I did. He was a Universal Champion for about twenty-three hours,
1: even though he's been booked <laughs> into the the worker, good worker category of death since then. You're right, he did get his moment. And the larger narrative stands correct in that it has evolved like that. And that's very cool. I did, I want to start it with because I teased somebody last week. And I want to go ahead and get it out there before we maybe dive into it. Yeah, a,
0: we can't forget about it. We can't right. tease the people on the gimmick well, and that. <laughs>
1: here's what happened I got so excited because I've been worried about this with this guy for a long time. And I got so excited to mention it when we went off the air. I, t- I, spoiled, it. I spoiled it for Wes. And I was like, oh shit, he's actually not even on the main roster. But he's so good, and I know he can be so good on the main roster that I have to mention him. And that's Velveteen Dream.
0: Velveteen Dream.
1: Hands down, one of the best wrestlers on the planet right now. Can do no wrong. His character work is off the charts. He cuts great promos. He's amazing in the ring. He's so young. He's got all the charisma. He's got everything. But I'm worried that he's one modern era superstar that Vince, let's be honest, folks. Vince doesn't have a good track record with over-the-top character African-American superstars. It, it, It just, the fact that we just had our first WWE black champion speaks for, I don't even need to make the rest of the argument. The history's been sketchy. And I'm not sitting here calling Vince racist. I'm not sitting here saying it's not better. What I'm sitting here saying is, Velveteen fits into a mold that many wrestlers have come and gone through before him.
0: Well, he, he fits in two categories. Like, you could say that about the African American side, and you can say that about the over the top gimmick side. And he's mm-hmm. bringing both of that together. He's bringing both of <laughs> that
1: together. But the thing is, he's he brings so much. Like, he's not just an over the top character. Like, there's layers, and he gets angry. And he's chauvinistic, but he's also like has this eroticism to him. Like, he's got so much in a package, and I'm scared that Vince will see it and not know what to do with it. That's my biggest fear with Velveteen Dream. I think it's valid. I mean, he's, and he's, he's a main event in ring talent. He's, you know, he's got, he's got it out. He's got it all. So, who are some of the
0: wrestlers you've heard him compared to? Uh, the ones I've heard, I've heard Goldust, I've heard Rick Rude.
1: You're naming I've, them.
0: They're stars. They're legendary type of wrestlers, but they never they fit into those categories, and they never won world
1: titles. You're right. Those are two of the first stars that come to mind when you think of Velveteen, and that's worrisome. But also, you can think of stars like when you think of Velveteen, he also fits into the Seth Rollins and the like. He's that he can go with the he belongs on the banners with those guys he looks like he should be there with the romans and the seth rollins at least in my opinion like even aside from his get up and his like the way he acts like he looks like he belongs up there i have faith but i'm worried but that's one that is down the line when we're trying to come up with names these days
0: I think the first name that comes up is Cesaro. If we're looking for the best wrestlers that haven't won world titles in an era, I think you have to start with Cesaro.
1: I can't make... Yeah. It's it's almost unfathomable to me that somebody as talented as him. Think about all the people in this modern era who have won WWE titles, world titles, and he's not one of them. What's missing with him? Is it more with... So with him... Here's something that I think there's a common denominator and there's an elephant in the room we're not looking at. I said that Owen, during our Attitude Era episode, go back and listen, I said that he had arguably more charisma than Brett. But that didn't come out a ton on television. It was always, he had that reputation behind the scenes as being one of the most likable, charismatic guys in the locker room that didn't really come out and that hindered him he didn't have the best promos he couldn't tell the best story through his promos cesaro maybe is he falling into that same category where he's not the most talented on the microphone he can't have that emotional range that a lot of the best characters can so is it that they're getting booked into this he's a solid worker forever category or that's all he is forever category. Like he's only booked into the solid worker category because that's what he is.
0: Well, I guess that's where you get into opinions. I'm mm-hmm. sure you could find people out there that would fight strongly one way or the other. That's one thing interesting about Cesaro. He's never struck. He's never been one of my favorites. I've He's done some things that have made my jaw hit the floor in the ring. I see it in the ring. Don't get me wrong.
1: He's a but, much. Wa- he's I'm sorry. I'll let you finish. He's a must watch match yeah. though, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. But character-wise, mm-hmm. there's really been nothing there for me. No. And, But at the same time, he's super over with a lot of people. Like the Cesaro section's a thing, more so in the past than it is now. Mm-hmm. But there's people out there where he's one of their favorites. Mm-hmm. So there's people out there he works for. I've never been one of them, but I think you, you look at the in-ring talent and then you look at how many people he has gotten over with, looks like a guy who could have had a world title run at some point or maybe still could get one in the future.
1: And those Cesaro section people and those people who think that are the people who tend to say the writers and Vince should be able to get any story over if the wrestler's good enough.
0: I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that either. Don't agree with that at all. I don't
1: agree with that either. But I also think that Cesaro is not the best on the mic. And I think that can be overcame like it doesn't take a i don't think it takes a ton to overcome somebody who's bad on the mic
0: they even tried to put him with Heyman at one point didn't they i mm-hmm. didn't really get over and they tried zeb coulter
1: mm-hmm. they've tried a lot uh, and i don't know i don't really know and it feels like he, that's past now it feels like he's not gonna maybe get he, you know
0: what i'm deciding it right now maybe he is just in that category the really good worker category And we're just getting to the point now, I mean, shit, if it's 2019 and you're in the really good worker category, Mm -hmm. you are amazing, which he is.
1: You are. But this also ties back to our Dear Vince letter because you're talking about an era where the problem is they're trying to serve up too many masters. And you're telling me in this era where you got, you're serving the Becky fans, you're serving the Kofi fans, you're serving the Kevin Owens fans, you're serving the Brock Lesnar fans, Seth Rollins fans, you can't find room... To serve some Cesaro fans. I'm not saying it makes the product better, but it's crazy that he never found his little niche in time where he can make that top run.
0: Dolph Ziggler did. I guess the Swiss network subscriptions just aren't high enough, man. I
1: <laughs> guess that's what it is. Gotta get yeah, out. that is crazy. You got to get out of Switzerland.
0: Do you think Cesaro will get there?
1: No. It's too late. I really, I really... I think that's passed him up. I think he's going to be... I think Seamus will retire first, but then he'll just hover around the mid-card. He might be one of those good AEW candidates at some point. Yeah. So maybe i just put that out there on the interwebs. Personally,
0: do you think... What camp do you fall in? Do you think he could have been more? Do you think we just kind of learned this is the level he's at on a, in a WWE world. Mm-hmm. I'm aware right. he's a world-class professional wrestler. Right. But in the WWE universe, did he just kind of fall into his role, his level?
1: It never felt like to me that Cesaro was fighting super hard for a brass ring. And that sounds harsh on somebody who I don't know personally at all. But you never got the vibe that he was taking things to the next level. And I don't know if that was writing, his performances on the mic, whatever. But that I think that that is the category he'll forever fall in because of that. Nothing ever got to the, oh, this is personal now. Oh, this story just took it. You got that a few times with the bar, maybe. But as an individual, he had great matches with Sami Zayn in NXT. You know, but can't really count those on a main, on a main roster level. There's not much to latch on to. So you got it. The proof's in the pudding. It's unfortunate. You know, and and another guy who is a little bit different, but who kind of falls in between the Cesaro and my Velveteen worry is R-Truth. Oh, yeah. Never won a world title. Hilarious, entertaining. Now, he's a guy who you wouldn't say... Now, R-Truth's been a professional wrestler for 20 years. He could run circles around most of these new guys. But in the ring, you've never once looked at him and thought, now that's a worker, that's a, you know, he he's not a Cesaro. But he was entertained on another level. But maybe he's the opposite because of his lack of in-ring five-star matchability. Maybe he didn't get that run that maybe he might have deserved because of his entertainment level.
0: Yeah, in in my mind, you'll you'll have to remind me, but in my mind he kind of falls into that gimmicky role, like over the top gimmick. But I know, I have flashbacks, man. Like early this modern era and I'm coming back. I have these weird visions of like our truth at the top of the card. <laughs> he
1: had he had an imaginary friend named Little Jimmy. He was on for a top of bit. the card. No, he was. Him
0: so what was Little that, Jimmy and what was John Cena like? were at the
1: top of the card for a while.
0: Was he over the top gimmicky
1: then as well? Yeah, always. Okay. Always. And when we say the top of the card, he was, but he never won the world title. Never had he never even had the, a world title match. But he was know. infused with Cena. He like, was infused with. Cena. I remember Cena. him
0: and Miz were like a main mm-hmm. event level something. They they were a they were a tag title. they
1: were tag team champions for a little bit. He's been I think Intercontinental. I mean, he's been that. That's the whole thing of this trilogy is these guys are good and entertaining enough to. Our true has been in WWE for twenty years, yeah. and he hadn't he hadn't even touched the world title, and I think he's okay with that.
0: He's very much one like he doesn't feel like he's in the same category to me as these other guys we've talked about in this trilogy. Like I just it think doesn't feel like he got robbed by any means.
1: Okay, but you feel? Do you feel that way with Go Dust? Back to my attitude there that Go Dust got robbed. Not and not in a harsh sense. Just Go Dust should have got his I think world so. title.
0: I think if you look at how innovative he was and how like there's there was times in every era where gold dust was one of the top two or three most entertaining things on the show you're right so if you're in that category and you're a good worker which he is and you're a heel mm-hmm. which means you, you can win heel clean you don't mm-hmm. have to win clean yeah i think he was somebody who kind of got robbed
1: i agree i would argue our truth got robbed because i would take what you just said and turn it around on you that many times throughout this modern era as far as entertainment goes our truth has been one of the top at least top five most entertaining things you're right on tv every week (laughs) but you're you're right right in the sense that it doesn't feel like people are waving the torches because our truth's never had a world title run but you got to reach harder in the in the modern era man titles world champions are diverse and that's a good thing overall it's a very good thing that anybody can come in and be the face of the company can I ask you one Wes on the spot question? You know we do this well, mostly. I, I gotta you give never it to. You. Here yes. we go, folks. You ready? Name one female on this main roster that you think is in danger of getting stuck in that category—the female version. Just a solid worker. I got one that comes to my mind immediately, but I'm putting you on the spot. This isn't me on the spot.
0: The first one that came to mind. For the gimmicky side of it was Carmella, but she's actually won one <laughs> thanks to Money in the Bank, which that's another modern era thing that opens it up to different styles of wrestlers. We didn't dive into right. Um, maybe like a Kyrie sane.
1: That's a good one.
0: Cause she's so fun in the ring, but you have the language barrier. She sees kind of gimmicky. Um, yeah, she could have a good match with anybody. But with that pirate gimmick and the language thing, I think it might be a hard sell mm-hmm. to get her to the top of a division.
1: That's a good one. I didn't think about Kyrie. And she's so talented, too. Let me give you one. Sonia Deville. Mm. She's already taken a backseat to Mandy, and she's a better worker than Mandy. She's, she's going to be in so many good matches and do so many cool things, similar to a Cesaro She's going to be the heart
0: to Mandy's Brett.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I'm worried about her. Those are two good. That's a good one. Yeah.
0: Now the final question here, and this is going to be a little bit of a different answer because we've talked about how there's so much good about the modern era and the way things have progressed, but you have to remember the question for this trilogy was who had the (laughs) best B-plus players? Who had the best wrestlers to never win a world title. Right. So you look in a modern era where all these guys who in the past would have been there... Modern
1: era's got nothing but A-minus players.
0: <laughs> right. You win that title, you're at least an A-minus.
1: they got terrible B-plus players. <laughs>
0: they really do. So Kofi wins that title. Daniel Bryan wins. Um, Finn wins for a day.
1: Right. These guys would have been the best B+. Like, we would have mentioned these guys if they were in the Attitude the Aggression Era. These guys have been world champions. Now, you're right. Finn, for a day, we'll see where that goes. But I would actually lean more towards Finn will be a world champion again more so than not. So, yeah. When it comes to that, when you look at it like that, the Modern Era, it's been great, but they lose this trilogy. Yes. The question is, do I win this? You do. For the inverse reason?
0: yeah. And I think it's just, it's the progression, because I think if you open this discussion up and went back to like the golden era and the Hogan days, Hulkamania days, mm-hmm. I think that era is going to win.
1: Shout out to Jeff. One of our day one is H. Right. So I bet Jeff's out here, you know,
0: Jake the Snake Roberts never won.
1: Yeah. Rick Rude, Rick Roddy Rude. Piper. Roddy. Roddy Piper's a big one. Yeah. So
0: that's an era that would blow our eras out of the water when it comes to this category.
1: So true. So true. You think Goldust or Owen wins a title if go Dust as if if Attitude Era Goldust and Attitude Era Owen existed in modern era, would they get their moment to shine? Would they get their world title?
0: Owen, yes, Gold Dust, maybe. Hard maybe on Gold Dust.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you have to tone down the crotch stuff, Goldust. No Dust. matter
0: what era you're in, Gold Dust is questionable.
1: No matter what era you're in, rubbing on your nipples and sticking your tongue out is weird and may not get <laughs> you a world title. <laughs> Some things never change. Shout out to Godus. <laughs> Full circle two, all these years later, another guy who got, just to cap off our a little bonus on this trilogy, another guy who got stuck in that worker category and then got stuck in the over-the-top character category was Cody Rhodes, who's now started his own wrestling company and main eventing a he huge- He did
0: fall th- into both. Fuck categories. yeah, he did. Yeah. Cody
1: Rhodes got stuck in the, oh, he's a solid worker. He'll uh, yeah, win the
0: Intercontinental Championship a bunch of times.
1: Right. And then Stardust. Oh, he's really over the top. It's kind of cool. He's going to win the Intercontinental Championship <laughs> a bunch of times. Never could get out of it. And now, as Cody, this cool American Nightmare character, he's facing his brother, Go-Dust, as Dustin Rhodes. Shedding the go leaving it at, at WWE, and moving on. I think it's really cool. Props to both of them. Brothers, neither of which ever got their time enough to shine maybe Cody still will one day in WWE dun, dun, dun. but they get to finally wrestle that'll be a good match
0: what an unexpected way to wrap up this trilogy
1: uh-huh. just when shit. you when you mention go dust so the Attitude Era gets the victory I take all of your praise you can go to sorry for marking at Instagram sorry for marking on Facebook and say congratulations Chase the Attitude Era is the best in the world best era of all time I already know but you, you remember still- what you
0: won right like it was kind of a weird thing
1: uh feels like just a solid win okay yeah we'll just leave it at that okay solid win Mm -hmm. best b plus players of all time and you can't even challenge it it's in the record books now
0: all your best people won titles ha (laughs) fools
1: my people got screwed for years
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right man another fun trilogy hope you guys enjoyed it we will have a new one starting up very soon We have a couple ideas floating around. Not real sure what direction we're going to go next. But make sure you're subscribed to the show so you get that next week. We'll be back in the Attitude Era. Dropping next Friday. Looking forward to that one. But now. Let's get to this weekly stuff, man. We have some awards to give out. Before we get to the good stuff from this week. This is kind of almost going to be a continuation from the gimmick segment. So I just want to get it out of the way. Talk about... Taking what could be a good weekly show and some good matches with stakes. Can you think of a less entertaining way to announce Money in the Bank participants? My God, man. And that's coming from an Alexa Bliss
1: fan, Chase. <laughs> it, they just gave them to... Like, what is that? They, that's, if there's anything that's been trending well in WWE the last couple of years, is around this Money in the Bank time, you're getting good matches with high stakes. Because what's at stake is a birth in the money in the bank match. A chance to grab that contract. And this week, in the middle of a bunch of really nothing on our weekly shows, they just announced those?
0: Like, And then you have the generic tag match that you don't want to care about. Instead of Braun versus who would even... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, doesn't it, doesn't could, matter. It, would just,
1: it would have been fun with good stakes. It would yeah. have been a big match. Mm-hmm.
0: And then, you know what? And then you can set up smaller stories... For after Money in the Bank mm-hmm. Through for the those people matches. that don't win because there's going to be seven losers who are going to need something to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. They already have stuff building from past – like you have layers to shit.
1: And that's how you build television shows that are exciting for two hours and three hours. That's – I don't think it's rocket science. I don't know why they did it, but they did, and it should have been – like I was prepared for a hard decision for Markout moment of the night this week Not because there wasn't any to choose from, but because I thought we were going to get so many, you know, oh, they're in the money in the bank, anything, you know, big performer moment type of things, and we didn't. So this week, we're switching it the fuck up. It's time. It's time! It's time! It's... Sorry for markings, mark out moment of the week.
0: The biggest moment of this past week, without a doubt, Arya Stark out of nowhere, pulling the MJ, switching hands, stabbing the Night King, Bah-bah!
1: saving Westeros, dun, 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 saving all dun, dun, of humanity, dun, 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 dun. the girl who has no name. Arya, freaking Stark. I'm Seth Rollins' Team Chase. Y'all know that. For this week, Seth, you don't get the frickin'. Seth gets no frickin' this week. He's just Seth Rollins. The frickin' is Arya Stark. Arya frickin' Stark killed that damn Night King, saved us all. Winter is gone. We dream of spring now at least for three weeks. And here we are, folks. We're able to do this wrestling podcast because Arya knocked out that Night King. That's the markout moment when we both sat down and tried to decide what was the moment this week that had us marking out the most. The first thing we both said... Well, it's Aria, really. And then we spent the next five hours talking about Game of Thrones, only to come to the conclusion Aria deserves the markout moment. Well, I sat down award. to
0: type my notes, and it just naturally, I was just typing away, doing my thing. Let's
1: see these. Aria Stark, Aria Stark, Aria Stark, yeah. Aria Stark, Alexa Bliss.
0: <laughs> Aria Stark out of nowhere.
1: Right out there. of nowhere, right there. <laughs> I can't wait to get that next award, too. I like that one, too, the performer. Yeah. But, yes, Aria, congratulations. You have won your first ever... <laughs> Mark out moment man if anybody deserves a lot of mark out moment awards this is that girl good lord we're gonna give her a retroactive one for the whole Frey thing
0: <laughs> all right man, let's get this thing back to raw let's do it I want to start off with the dude who got robbed last week he could have very easily walked away with a mark out award last week you're right and this guy we're three weeks in to him coming back and doing some really good heel work Daniel Bryan-level heel work. Oh. You know how high I was on that guy. Oh. Which, where the hell is he, by the way? An injury, I guess? I think he's hurt. <sighs> Bummer. Hope yeah. falls well with him? I know. But Sammy, doing his best to fill his shoes. Sammy Zane. Jay, we just have to talk about this I know. He's character a little bit here.
1: I didn't... You, there were hints of... He's always had that snarky like tone, but now he's taken the tone that he's had and put the subject matter to it, right? That's mm-hmm. what this is.
0: And what have we always said, what has Steve Austin always said? The best characters are the ones that take themselves and turn it up to 11. Mm-hmm. This very much feels like that with Sami Zayn.
1: He sounds so comfortable, and it sounds like he's naturally in his element. And what we talked about a lot with Daniel was that sometimes you need, and maybe we don't talk about this enough, hill characters where the the era because a lot of the attitude era hill characters wouldn't work in modern era because we're not disliking the same shit we're not you know everything's different now we maybe we need better hill characters to more reflect our world around us you know and i think dane o'brien does that with the evil vegan and i think sammy has started now doing this with his kind of is he an angry internet wrestling fan turned around on the internet wrestling fans? That's yeah, almost what it feels kind like to of, me. Yeah.
0: Back before he came back, he did an interview where somebody asked him, you know, are you you know biting at the bit to come back? I bet you're so excited. Like, you can't wait. It's, it's killing you. And he was just kind of like, ah, like, no, not really. I remember that. Like, life's kind of great right now. And I think he, I'm sure from wrestling fans, Sammy Marks, I'm sure he got a little bit of pushback from that. Mm-hmm. So he takes that. And turns it up to 11. Uses that in a story. It's like, you know what? My life, what, look at these pictures from me on vacation. Mm-hmm. Look at how stress-free I am. And why, why am I dreading coming back like, to WWE? I don't I don't
1: owe you all anything, him telling the fans this. Yeah, because
0: yeah, he realized the reason he was dreading it and the reason life was better is because he was away from the fans.
1: Yeah. That's so good. It's so good because the, the best tales are the ones where it's hard to argue with. Clearly, they're delusional, but it's still hard to argue with them. And that makes you hate them and right now Sammy is getting that good heat man that heat that can get a guy like Sammy who in danger previously of maybe getting lost in that worker category that we were just talking about in our trilogy now he's got something to bite his teeth into and that's maybe when you get your moment to shine guys like Cesaro never got anything to bite their teeth into and maybe weren't good enough to do it Sammy's Cesaro could never do the type of promo work and heel work that Sammy's doing and I think that's the way out of that. Sammy's on the right track.
0: Speaking of another guy who I think's on the right track, as surprising as it is if you would have told me this is what we were doing a few weeks ago. Chase, episode two, Firefly Funhouse. We got to get into this.
1: You were so excited when I told you I liked it. I'm so happy. Did you, I, So when I say I liked it, I didn't hate the first one, but I actively liked this one. This one was an improvement, I thought. And it's getting closer to that... Theory, I guess, or that what everybody's kind of floating around is that, does this tie into, remember my Chasse books of territory last week? This leads me to believe we're closer to that than I, than...
0: Maybe, but I'm thinking, I don't know, because I was thinking kind of, it was kind of close to what I said. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh, uh-oh, okay. Because I think, you, you give your...
1: Well, I just, he's talking about Abby. Yeah. And...
0: The witch and, and she the, came. The painting of the burned house. She, that's, that's totally there. That's Abigail, and yeah. she
1: came. She only came to life when he hung it on the wall. Mm-hmm. That that's all very Bray Wyatt stuff. Yeah. So at the very least, there's some. They're making some loose ties. And we can both be right because
0: what I'm thinking, what I'm seeing is, he's putting on the illusion that he's fixed. Like he's not. He's not really fixed. He's not even. He doesn't think he's fixed. Like he knows exactly what the fuck he's trying doing. Trying to
1: suck people in.
0: Yeah, he's manipulating this all again through a different means if now.
1: F- follow me. Uh, yeah, he kind of mm-hmm. yeah, you're yeah. right. At the end of that. He knows
0: exactly what the fuck he's doing, man.
1: Do you Okay, so if that's where it's going and if this is just So, if he what if he just ends this and this is what you kind of hinted that you want anyway, cuz you really like just Bray Wyatt who he was. What if this ends with Bray Wyatt just being Bray Wyatt again, and he just tried that? It has
0: to be tweaked, you know. Uh-huh. Like he's not going to be the the Hawaiian shirt, fedora wearing backwoods guy. Like mm-hmm. I don't sitting in the rocker. I like got dudes done. I think. Okay. I don't think you can go back to that. I don't know where we're going though. Could I'm, I'm like interested that? to see how they take. Because eventually this all has to translate into the ring somehow. Somehow. So I'm real interested to see how that process works eventually. I don't want him to rush anything. No, no. I don't want him to start showing us his intentions too early. I'm prepared to be patient and play this out.
1: Well, of course you are. Because remember why you fell in love with the Wyatt family in the first place is we got about what felt like a million years worth of little vignettes and videos just like this, not just like this, but in this same foundation of wow what the hell is this even about in the woods with the flies and the cabin and the rocking chair and this has a similar vibe where you don't know what it's about at first it was seemed goofy but that was only for about 10 seconds until you realize okay they're doing something here
0: (laughs) there's layers to
1: this so it could end with us going oh my god all that just for this or it couldn't end with the moment that you Wes have been waiting well, for. Well, that's
0: the moment of truth, right? For a long time. Because how, how many times have we had Bray in a good, intriguing angle, a good story that could go in so many cool possibilities and so many cool directions. Mm-hmm. And it just never seemed to do that. Like, it, it would always end up with him just spinning his wheels and being in the same place. So that's going to be the moment of truth. Is it going to take that turn and lead to something interesting and cool and he'll maybe win a little bit? I think so. Or is it just all going to be more rambling and rhetoric and hollow words again.
1: This one feels different. Surely I think
0: they've learned from their mistakes.
1: This one feels different. This is them. I think this is the one that's going to succeed. I don't know how. I have no idea. It's weird as hell, but I'm excited for it.
0: Last thing I think worth mentioning on Raw is Lacey Evans. Yes. Dude. dude. She's hitting on all the right notes here. The poise, the the it factor, the confidence, the presence
1: now this week Becky Lynch calls her out and I love it. Lacey comes out and is not even a not even about being scared of this this Becky Lynch character. Like I'm going to come show you a lesson. Like it's refreshing to see a heel who a new cuz you know Charlotte's always been that and Ronda was that. They buck up to Becky. But it it was always going to be interesting to see in the fallout after Mania if these other women could make it feel like still like a big fight. Can you match up to Becky's electricity? And it feels like Lacey's doing it. She's going for it. Now I'm I'm on board. I'm more excited for Lacey versus Becky than I am for Becky versus Charlotte.
0: You think it's just because you've seen Probably. Charlotte Becky a lot?
1: Probably, but it's also the the fresh Lacey character. Yeah. Not just the feud, but the character. I can't believe has she She's had a match, but was that her first match? Mm-hmm and then so she definitely hadn't had a pay-per-view man that's crazy that speaks to how different it is and maybe why we're going to get such a diverse group of champions going forward is if you're just coming in that hot and getting a match right there that speaks to maybe what nxt can do for this era for the right transition
0: which is always a hot topic the transition from nxt to main roster Mm -hmm. this is this is one that's going pretty well.
1: <laughs> so far. We'll see.
0: Anything to say about that main event segment before we move to the blue brand? We got contract signing between the two babyface guys, Rollins, Styles, um, ended in a brawl.
1: Face versus face, not always the most exciting feuds, but you got Styles leaning a little heel here. Is that what I'm sensing? Did you get that vibe?
0: Ma- no, a not little? so
1: much heel. He got booed, though. It's, it's Did you hear the boos? It's it was it was very weird to me. It felt very weird how clearly, and it could just be that whack ass Lexington crowd. (laughs) Go cards. Uh, It felt like Styles was getting booed quite a bit, and I'm not opposed to it. I'm not
0: opposed. No, me neither.
1: I just I didn't. I wanted to make sure I wasn't just so sleepy that was. It felt like some style, not a hill turn. Just he's gonna maybe gonna be the hill in this story, and maybe that leads into a further hill thing but I've, i I might have said on this podcast, I don't know, but it feels like there's not a ton of room for both Styles and Rollins. Mm-hmm.
0: You did say that last week
1: at the top. Mm-hmm. so we'll That's see where this goes. I am excited for it though, but another basic contract signing mm-hmm.
0: refer back to Dear Vince mm-hmm. if- <laughs> for stuff <laughs> yeah. for
1: for stuff like this. How do you end a good wrestling show these days?
0: Uh, over on the blue brand, the main thing's here, man. I like the Alistair Black promos, and I like what we've been getting from Kofi lately. That's kind of what stood out to me over there. Ela- <laughs> feel free to elaborate
1: <laughs> no, I, <laughs> on whatever you want. I'm thinking of anything else. Interesting side story kind of going on with Mandy and Sonia. Um, I'm still not into I, – I might be less into the Kyrie saying Oscar tag team now. Did you hear that terrible entrance?
0: Yeah.
1: Where they alternate between First of all, Kyrie Oscar's entrance is cool and it's a great entrance. Kyrie Saint's pirate theme, I don't care what anybody says. That is a badass theme, dude. That should be the, their theme. And I, it would have been cool if it was the Sky Pirates theme. Yo ho. I'm still so mad about that, man. I can't think of many things I've been more mad about lately in wrestling than the fact that we didn't get the Sky Pirates. I am pumped more for the. But it's so- fine.
0: They put the other Japanese girl there, right?
1: I am pumped more for the Sonia Mandy story, side story, and I still like the Iconics as champions, even though they're losing almost on a weekly basis.
0: Yeah, you would, and you look at you look at them, you look at Joe with the U.S. title, like you see a lot of champions losing. That could go. That kind of goes back to the other point from dear Vince. You know, have some untouchables, have some stars. Your champions would be good candidates. <laughs> people. Just an idea. Yeah,
1: yeah. But that's about all I got for the blue brand, man. I mean,
0: just give me uh, Alistair. What are you thinking? You're kind of my go-to gauge on the Alistair Black stuff, just because you had, you laid it out well, which you wanted to see from him.
1: I like it. it I don't want it to inch into the Bray Wyatt. He just feels like he's speaking in circles, kind of, but mm-hmm. that's only two weeks in. I'm letting the cake bake with this. I I just want them to go darker with Alistair, and they're continuing to. Okay, yeah. So, I don't, he shouldn't be talking a lot. Am I the only one that thinks... That ship sailed. I know. Like you said. Golly, um, man. You could have had that man not say a word for a year, and people would have been on pins and needles for any word he would say. I, I'm waiting for that, Some something, something similar to like a black and white Sting deal. Like, we're stinged in talk forever as black and white Sting, and it was cool as hell. Too bad. Off my soapbox. (laughs) Alistair's talking. I'm letting the cake bake on it.
0: And I just like seeing Kofi kind of shed the New Day goofiness for a little bit and get serious, get angry, show a little bit of an extra gear. I like that.
1: Kofi-Owens is going to be a great match. You add the extra layer of Kofi fighting for his brothers now that Owens has taken out. That's a cool twist in his first big solo title feud. I'm glad that's an added element to it. Yeah, I'm excited. Kofi's angry. I'm excited. He did well on Tuesday in his first kind of my night as the face of this company, you know. I know we're talking about anticlimactic endings. He had a good promo at the beginning. Kevin Owens is back to being the best heel. Things are not all bad.
0: Oh, there's always something good. Some good matches this week, I thought. Um, if there's one to go back and watch, I think my favorite match is maybe the Usos. We and Anderson, actually. Definitely. Really enjoyed that tag match.
1: Usos can do no wrong right now. They're so hot.
0: Oh, darn. Who didn't talk about the back shaving segment. guess we'll have to blow past that one.
1: We'll blow very fast past that one. Two of the best tag teams in the world. Yeah. Back shaving. Yeah. I'm better than you. No, you're not. Fight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anything else before we get out this last award? Oh,
1: the markout performer! I know what y'all are thinking. Who could this be? They've covered most of the weekly stuff. It was a pretty routine week of shows, you know. Oh, who it's performed the, the best? Well, it's time! It's time! It's- Sorry for markings. Mark out performer of the week. West, I don't. I don't know if you've heard. The Night King's dead, man. And you know who's responsible for it? You know what? Thank you. Let me ask you just a series of quick questions. Did AJ Styles kill the Night King? No. Did Seth Rollins kill the Night King? Negative. Did Kofi Kingston kill the Night King? Absolutely not. Did Lacey Evans kill the Night King? Not quite. You know who did? Can you tell me who killed the Night King? Arya freaking Stark. Arya freaking stark she's taken home the moment and the performer of the week award and there's nothing you all can do about it and let me tell you this for these non-game of thrones watchers who are listening to this podcast what are you doing it is that cool it does live up to the hype go for it aria freaking stark you're getting two awards this week girl congratulations go rest you and gendry cuddle up by the fire you got a long journey ahead of you. Put your awards on the mantle next to your dragonglass daggers and have yourself the night. You earned it, girl.
0: Thank you all for joining us once again here around the water cooler. Never quite know what you're going to get here on a week-to-week basis.
1: No, but that's probably be the only uh, non-wrestling awards we yeah. get, but we had to this week.
0: That's a first, guys. If you're new around here or if you've been here... <laughs> They're
1: probably like, these clowns, man. I know. <laughs>
0: guys, this is episode 84, and that, I promise that's the first time that's ever happened. We
1: had to do it. She was the mark-out moment and the mark-out performer, but we appreciate you guys joining us once again around the wrestling water cooler. Continue to tell your friends. That's the way we're spreading the word on this podcast. We love expanding our wrestling circle So, even if you're a non Game of Thrones watcher, you come in here. You can like wrestling with us, and we can get game, we can sit down and talk about your ignorance towards Game of Thrones at another time. Come in here. We welcome all.
0: We will be back next week. We'll have another gimmick segment. We'll be starting a brand new trilogy. Make sure you're subscribed so you join us here around the water cooler next week, and we will talk to you then.
1: Come home, Sasha. Sorry for marking. Did pretty good.
0: I think so. I think it went well.